Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to How to Code. Every episode, writer Becky Howard, that's me, and my friend psychotherapist Lucy Clyde will be talking about how we can look after our mental health during the coronavirus crisis and beyond. Because whatever type of pandemic you're having, lockdown with your family or on your own, with kids or without, it's hard on all of us. So let's try and get through it the best way we can by talking. This episode, we're talking about how to cope with uncertainty. I want I want to know exactly where you are right now. I mean, I do know where you are, but tell me where you are. Well, I am at the moment of speaking. I am sitting on the floor in uh, um, the bedroom in my house with a um, I've made a little tent out of a laundry area draped with a duvet and bolstered with some cushions uh, to make sure. <laughs> that this doesn't sound too weird and echoey so that's that's where I am I'm in a little duvet fort right now do you know what it looks like it looks like a den but made by the white company (laughs) (laughs) like a really expensive like some it would probably cost 199 pounds if you bought it from the white company because from from my perspective it's just really tasteful you know plain sort of ivory colored um den well thank you thank you it is is the classiest kids den that has ever been made (laughs) thank you yeah so this is this is our next this is your next sorry your next amazing money spinning idea Uh, and where are you becky well I'm, i'm i'm in my my secret hiding place where I go to record this which is actually I don't even think it counts as a room does it because I can't stand up it's it's a glorified cupboard where we kept all of our suitcases Uh, which now can't live here because I'm now sitting in here, also surrounded by duvets and now some foam tiles. um, So I can record with you in peace. You look very futuristic. You look a little bit like you're on the command deck of the Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Do you know what? Next week I'm going to get some like, maybe my kids can like make some buttons out of like cardboard boxes and I can just really go to town. Oh, wow. Yeah, this this has no end, Lucy. This will just keep. (laughs) getting better I promise you um yeah so that's we're in our little respective um cubby holes so we can speak to each other um and we are what's tell 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 me Lucy what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about what's what corona themed 
craziness are we going to talk about this week? Well, we're going to talk about the immense challenge of living with really high levels of uncertainty. I think uncertainty has been another hallmark, hasn't it, from the beginning, even from pre pre lockdown, pre this is actually happening. Everyone was very unsure whether it was actually going to come here or not um, because of the amount of confusing information. And then it bedded in. So even when, you know, the lockdown was instilled, it was uncertainty about when it would end. What is the future going to look like? And I don't think that's actually really changed. I think I think there's been no movement on that, has there? I think the uncertainty actually, if anything, got worse. Yeah, there's no there's no clear path out of this, is there? Um, and I think the problem with uncertainty is the longer it goes on, the worse it gets. Why is that? Just because it's really, 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 really hard to tolerate. It's uncertainty is really, really uncomfortable for human beings. It's um, there's partly a survival element to that. So we, you know, in order to kind of stay alive, we basically need to know and understand and be familiar with our immediate environment. And if too much in that changes, it it kicks us into a state of anxiety that state of anxiety in a survival sense propels us to then map the environment and understand it and pin things down know what's going on and then get on with the tough business of actually staying alive um but the longer it goes on with and the longer there aren't any answers the anxiety just mounts and there's nowhere to put that anxiety there's nowhere to discharge it there's no kind of you know clear plan there's nobody's mapping out the path to our our survival at the moment the, the point is really like we always live with a certain amount of uncertainty like we never ever have this kind of situation in which everything is sorted and there's no there's no risks yeah we, we've always dealt with some uncertainty in life but I think that the issues now aren't there it's like we're all not sure when this is going to go we, we don't know when we'll be able to pick up our normal lives or a measure or a degree of what what normality looks like for some people that might be don't know when you're going to be able to see your um parents uh, safely if they're older or perhaps friends or you don't know when your children might go back to school if you've been furloughed or if you've lost your job because your business has had to close down you know because of covid you don't know when and if you might have a job again so you can't look to the next three to six months with any any modicum of of you know confidence or knowledge of what will happen and that is massively discombobulating yeah it's hugely hugely destabilizing and it's kind of I'm almost finding it hard to to put into words just how fundamentally profoundly destabilizing that is I mean it is the kind of you know it's an earthquake effectively it's the whole the whole ground beneath you not being stable uh it's an earthquake and all the aftershocks and you're standing on the ground trying to stay upright it's it's hugely 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 shaking what are you feeling uncertain about how are you kind of well if you can like cut i don't know do your top five or top three i don't know there's so many aren't there i mean top line everything uh but (laughs) absolutely everything um you know uh uh but I think the thing that's been preying on my mind this week, actually, is the business of getting back into work in a physical sense. Because at the moment, I'm, you know, I'm a psychotherapist, so I'm working online. I'm lucky like that; I can carry on working online, um, and you know, doing video sessions, which is fine for now. Uh, 
and I would very much like to get back to doing face to face. And I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that, when I'm going to be able to offer that, when I'm going to feel safe getting on a tube because I live in London and I have to go to work by public transport. I have no other choice. Uh, so I'm that's that's really been bothering me this week, actually. I want a plan. I want a plan. I want to know when I can go back. I want to be able to tell people, right, from this date, we will be able to meet in person and it's going to be, it's going to feel okay. It's going to feel more stable. And I can't offer that. And, and that's bothering me quite a lot. How about you? I think, you know, obviously we're both, I've mentioned this before about loving, I love planning stuff. I love it. I actually thought like a, a sort of physical ache at the lack of plans that I've not been able to put in my diary um in my pointless calendar that I no longer look at anymore um and it's because I'm freelance so what has been a, a, a you know all the great stuff about freelancing um for me over the past few years has become all the shit stuff about freelancing which is absolutely no control or agency over um the work being there um, because, you know, I'm not the one giving myself the work. It's other people. And other people are subject to their companies, you know, problems, finances, budgets, all those kinds of things. Um, a lot of my work used to be face-to-face. That's obviously not possible. A lot of my work wasn't face-to-face, but that's then subject to, you know, like we've been talking about people having no money to spend in their employment and therefore freelance is the first thing to go. So I have this huge uncertainty hanging over my career and what I should be doing um and I don't know how to make a decision because I don't know what I'm deciding do you see what I'm saying I don't know what the you know I don't know what the the cards are that I'm playing with I don't know whether it'll be fine in six months time and I just need to you know sit on my hands for a bit or whether it's you know this is oh no I've got to drastically change what I do otherwise I'm not going to survive um, professionally in a post-COVID world. That's really tough. That thing, that point that you made about actually you've got nothing to base a decision on, I think is really cuts very neatly to the heart of what is so incredibly hard to live about with, to live, why it's so hard to live with uncertainty is because normally what we would do, right, what I would normally say to somebody who was, I don't know what to do and, you know, what if this and what if that and people, if people were really getting into what ifs, I would say, right, no, let's stop with the what ifs because we can't, they don't count, they don't exist and we can't control them. So we put them to one side and we focus on what is, right? So you go with what is and we can do that a bit at the moment so we can what's for dinner <laughs> that's that's what we can do right <laughs> what's on telly what's for dinner right okay what clothes are clean great well this is good so we can focus on this but you know we've been doing this for a while now and I don't think what's for dinner and being able to control that is quite doing it for people anymore and you know you are faced with a decision where you would be able to base it on a few what is if you had them and you don't have any of them that's really hard yeah it is and you're you're I I feel absolutely uh uh, supported by your uh agreement with me so thank you um so I'm not just you know I I'm not just flanneling about like an idiot and having you know daily crises but do you think that is where a lot of this sort of collective social media witness obsession with sourdough and banana bread and food has come from is it because food is a certainty and it's something we can enjoy yes and we can control it i mean we can actually make we can make a decision 
What is in the fridge? Well, let first let's start with what is in the shops, and and get and how am I going to get to it? But once we've sorted that out, once we've sort of once the supply lines have been sorted out, yeah, it's one thing we can control and we can focus on. And for people who have quite a lot more time on their hands, of which you know, I think they're quite a lot, uh, you know, you can make something that takes some time. So you can control the process. You can slow your thinking down, slow your worrying down while you're, you know, chopping onions or whatever it is you're doing. So yeah, I think food is something we can control it's something we can enjoy it's a necessity it's a really nice it doesn't surprise me that people have really got into sourdough and banana bread and you know time consuming meal making because it gives them focus i get the sourdough I, honestly this is a total side note i get the sourdough thing because it's a whole like it takes yeah. time doesn't it apparently i've not mm. done one but you know you've got to cultivate this whole living sort of creature that lives on a jam jar or something <laughs> <laughs> i might have got this wrong um, but the banana bread, I don't get. Banana bread doesn't take very long. Why not? Why isn't everyone not obsessed with making chocolate cakes? Is it not about the sense of pressure to not waste food and use up leftovers in a responsible fashion, maybe? Oh, so, okay. Your old mushy, disgusting yeah. banana. Yes, okay. So it's, it's a wholesome thing. It's a wholesome thing. thing. It's a wholesome obsession. We're, we're projecting yes. uh, onto this wholesome creation of, of banana yes. bread. So, you know, with, with every, you know, we're all dealing with a modicum of uncertainty. And obviously, like, you know, that's where m- most of my uncertainty is is housed right now and yours. But I've, you know, there's also huge uncertainty that I've got over seeing my parents. Um, I, I, in my kind of, certain moments I think it might not be till the end of the year um you know they're they've they've got underlying health issues they're older so they're they're in that vulnerable category and um you know there's loads of people also in similar boats and I can't think about that too much no in a real way because it would just be too upsetting so what what can we do if we're if we're kind of trying not to shoulder all this uncertainty and, and wear it all the time that's a really good question. I think I think we sort of slightly need to, the first thing we need to do is understand what uncertainty does with does to us, right? And to be a little bit kind of kind on of ourselves. So to know that you aren't actually just flannelling around having daily crises. That actually that's that's really it's a really appropriate reaction to the situation you find yourself in, which is you know one of the degree of survival and having a big question mark over that. So I think you're allowed your, your daily crisis, frankly. I'll put it in my calendar. <laughs> it will be something to do. <laughs> it's a good focus. It's a good focus. 10.30. Time for crisis. Time for existential Keep wobble. family on their toes as well. I think schedule those in. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lucy. You were, you were about to... Yes, I, I, uh, well, so what I was saying is that we firstly we need to understand that angst, you know, this level of uncertainty is fundamentally unsustainable in any kind of feeling okay way. We are, it's going to get to us, it's going to mess with us, we're going to have big ups and downs, we're going to feel, we're going to find this really, really hard. Okay, so that, that's number one. So if that's what's going on for you, that's fine, that's appropriate, that's, you know, what passes for normal these days. The second thing I think about uncertainty is to know that what we do when we don't have enough information or any information and that is that we fill that gap with all kinds of wild imaginings so if you think about it right the nature of an uncomfortable silence or a silence in a conversation when that happens socially it can be quite difficult, right? So we're having a chat and then somebody falls silent or doesn't respond. And very often what we do with that silence is we fill it with 
oh my god they hate me or i've said a terrible thing or i've embarrassed somebody mm. or i've got food in my teeth or you know we fill it with something quite negative and stressful right that's what we do with uncertainties we fill it with all the bad stuff and if we're having a good day and there's a silence we might go oh it's a conversational silence that's, that's okay, okay. I'll, I'll just make a joke or i'll change the subject or we've run out of road on this particular topic so i'll start talking about something else but on our, in our more anxious moments on our on our bad days we'll go oh my god so give me an example of what now someone could be filling their and you know their kind of uncertainty during this time what might people be doing that's negative like catastrophizing is it that yes, kind of stuff i think so i mean one of the things that uh i i remember right at the beginning of this having a, a, a conversation with somebody very directly about well there'll be tanks in the streets in a week and i thought oh that's that's intense that's that there we go that's catastrophizing for sure right now what that's telling me is not that there will in fact be tanks on the streets in a week but what that's telling me is that that's what that person is projecting into this massive gap left by uncertainty they are projecting all the stuff that they are most scared of uh uh fairly sort of slightly apocalyptic visions into this uh into this big big gap and that that's what we often do you know we take all the worst stuff that we can think of all our most unhappy most worried often very 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 paranoid stuff as well uh you see a lot of that on social media at the moment you know it's, it's people chucking a whole wealth of paranoia at this stuff and the reason we do that is because let's go back to the tank in the streets tanks in the streets example in that moment it felt much easier for that person to believe that there were going to be tanks in the streets rather than to sit with well don't know what will happen in the next few weeks in that moment the i don't know was so terrifying that the gap was filled with you know by a military coup in this instance and we're you know and obviously that hasn't happened but it would be interesting for that person do you think that person would then concede? Oh, I've overreacted, and I was, or would they then move on to creating another fear? Well, I'm happy to report that in this instance, it's a it's a personal acquaintance. Uh, th- in this instance, uh, they they kind of went, oh wow, I did I, <laughs> I did rather go off on one there, didn't I? And like, yeah, no, that's okay. You know, it's understandable. So much easier when we think we know something and when we don't and just to go well actually I don't really know and I don't really understand this can for some people feel intolerable so is it about creating a fictional yeah. comfort this is psychological comfort for some people to to project these you know these sort of crazy ideas or theories or worst case scenarios of, of a military coup. yeah actually what I what I would say is the, the way I feel about it is some days I am actually very uh, scared um, and worried and thinking, oh, gosh, hygiene must be super careful if I'm going to shops, et cetera, et cetera. And then other times I forget and I might be out and about on a walk and then I think, oh, God, should I be more should I be more scared? And I think it veers between this hypervigilancy and then a relaxedness because it's it's so uncertain. And that that for me feels quite. I don't like that feeling. I, I want to know how I feel about it. You want the certainty. You want the certainty. I want certainty. You want to settle on a feeling and stay there, which is human and understandable. And of course you do. And, it, you know, no one can maintain a state of hypervigilance all the time. We are, everybody is going to forget 
from time to time that we are living through this. I do that regularly on a Saturday morning uh, because Saturday mornings have a certain rhythm to them. And about halfway through a Saturday, I'll go, oh, 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 no, hold on a minute. Oh, no, this is this is still happening. God, that's horrible. Uh, and I had allowed myself to take a little holiday, which I, I stand by, I think is quite healthy and quite good. But I also want to make the point, Becky, that I am, of course, staying alert. And I hope you are too. I'm I'm alert right now. Mm-hmm. I am keeping, what is it? What is it we've been told to have common sense? <laughs> my common sense is next to my alertness, they are, they are sort of standing together there is no I'm sure that the virus is terrified yeah. and is shrinking away from me as yeah, we speak and, and there you go there's your certainty right stay alert See, I've got yes, I, you I, know what this is this I is working Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. so you know where we've got this big whole void of uncertainty and obviously uh, many times we're filling it with fear and projection but you you mentioned something quite nice a little earlier on, which is, you know, if we're having a good day and obviously on our moods vary as we've covered as well. Sometimes we can fill that with a, a more positive approach, can't we? We can we can suddenly think, oh, well, you know, the good th- there are some good things that can come out of this. And and, you know, and what have you had any have you had any nice um, ways that you filled the void with hope? Yeah, I, I have. I think that. um one of the things that I've done is I've done a lot of quite optimistic things. So things that imply that there is a future <laughs> that's going to happen <laughs> and that things are going to be okay. Thank you. You know, it's good. I, I've, I've been doing stuff with plants actually. Um, and, you know, uh, 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 plants take a long time to grow and they take a lot of care and they take some nurture and, you know, you're going to, you, you know, so I'm acting as though actually uh, by this time next year, be fine so there will be there's optimism I find planting a very optimistic act so I'm not making plans as such like I haven't you know I'm not I haven't sent around invitations for a big party or anything like that but I am I am doing other things that actually feel quite optimistic and that I'm hopeful and you know I I you know I'm hoping that you know this time next year I'll be looking at some of the plants I planted and remembering that they were my corona crisis plants and remembering that I planted them in quite a dark time but actually now they are really beautiful and lovely and giving me a great deal of pleasure if I look after them properly but that's a whole other conversation but yes that that is a really yes hopeful optimistic the world will go on the seasons will carry on you know life will carry on life finds a way which I just nicked from Jurassic Park by the way <laughs> Because I did rewatch that last weekend, the first and the best with Jeff oh, Goldblum. Something's, something's never get old. Yeah. Oh, jacket off. Never they get never old. get old. Um, yeah, and about that, but that has wise words, isn't it? Said by Jeff, life finds a way. Um, I I feel well. I feel hopeful enough that I've moved all my holiday stuff till next summer. And you know, I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure millions of people have done that because often there's not another option, is there? You've just got to you've just got to shift the booking. You can't get your money back. Um, and it does feel sometimes a bit kind of the idea of going abroad just feels so unbelievably impossible. It just feels impossible right now. But it perhaps is. And when I think about that, when I think about the idea of doing something that I didn't certainly take for granted because a holiday's a holiday. So holidays are always exciting, aren't they? They're always special. But the idea of traveling with a passport 
I totally did take for granted. Uh, I'm going to another country. And the idea that I hopefully will be able to do that um, next summer feels quite exciting, even though it is still a long way to go. Um, yeah, so that that to me feels hopeful. And another thing that I think is I really feel nice about is I feel that we, without sounding too mawkish about it, there there has been a nice element of the slowing down and appreciating who you have, however much they might send you. Totally do, Lally. Um, whether that is, you know, you're living with a partner, you've got kids or you're missing those people that you love. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a nice point. And I think so many people are are having that, you know, they're really, really noticing that the slowing down has made space for appreciating um, what what we do have. And, you know, the thing about hope is that I'm not sort of making a case for sort of forced optimism. You know, this isn't about us all clapping and trying to, you know, pretend that everything's fine because it isn't. And there's no nothing to be gained from pretending that everything's fine, that this is all brilliant, that, you know, nobody's scared out of their minds, everyone's sleeping normally. Yeah. And that's a that's 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 gonna get you nowhere. That's just gonna make you feel so much worse. But the point about the big gap left by uncertainty is that once we've got over the extremely terrified bit of staring into this enormous hole of not knowns that we sort of have a once we're through that initial panic we then have a a moment where we can make a little bit of a choice about what we fill that hole with and that's the benefit of knowing that we project into that hole is that noticing that we have imagined tanks on the streets and gone oh oh hold on a minute I put that there no one else did that that's not that's not a fact. That's that's a feeling. That's a fear. That's a projection. And that doesn't actually have to happen. It doesn't mean it will happen. And maybe once we've had this apocalyptic vision of the military coup, which, you know, as you said, has not happened, um, you know, we then get to go, well, hold on a minute. Maybe I can put something else in there. Maybe I can focus on the fact that I've got to know my local community a bit more and that actually might stick Mm. or you know in my case I've you know planted a lot of random plants and, you know I'll get to see what happens next summer you know that there is something that we can we can choose we don't have to stay mired and steeped in this horrible horrible fear and anxiety that we will and we will we will go there we will go back and forth we will be the the nature of uncertainty is that there are going to be periods for all of us me for you where we start to go oh my god oh my god oh my god this is awful and I am scared and I don't understand this and I don't know enough and I don't know anything and we get into what ifs and that will pass and once that's passed then I think what's really important is we find something that's meaningful to us that's hopeful to us that we get to feel that that horrible horrible gap with for a bit anyway give ourselves a little holiday you know thanks lucy i think we should leave it there speak to you next all right i'll speak to you next week from the from the deck of the uh, space station (laughs) that i'm building well i'll see you next week from from the underside of my very my very posh den yeah great from your posh den great all right see you next time bye take care bye Thanks for listening to How to Cope with Becky Howard and Lucy Clyde. 
If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review, like and subscribe. It makes a huge difference and we really appreciate it. The music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and used under a Creative Commons license. You can follow us on Twitter too at, at cope underscore podcast. Thanks again and check in soon for the next episode of How to Cope. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.